recorded live. Hey everyone, Hassan here. You're listening to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Today is Monday, October 8th, episode number 184, entitled Our 10th Anniversary Special. Yeah! Uh, I didn't know it was 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 Monday. (laughs) You said today was Monday. Monday. All right, Tuesday. 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 Tuesday, October 8th. There we go. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm here joined by uh, your favorite podcast crew here. We got Steve. Hey, everybody. Happy birthday, Nintendo Fuse. We have Greg. Happy birthday, Nintendo Fuse. Sporting the gear as well. And Barry. Hey, guys. Happy birthday, Nintendo Fuse. Right. Exciting. It is exciting. Oh, man. Hassan, it's great It's great to have you back. I mean, it's not like you've been gone completely uh, for the last, uh, you know, couple years. Uh, actually, it's been, it's been a year or so, haven't, hasn't it been? Since, yeah, I was wondering uh, that, too. I was trying to go back and remember how long it's been. I think it's been like a year or something. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so it's not been too long, but you've not been completely gone because we've had you back as a guest a couple times and everything. But uh, it's cool to have you back in the uh, in the the director chair a little bit, at least for an intro. Um, we were talking a little earlier about how uh, you had to go and and kind of brush up on what you used to say and everything. So and I still messed it up because I said Monday. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. We well, we were we were on Monday for so long. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah it's our first tuesday and we were actually talking about uh earlier about how i think we we used to do the podcast on tuesday um a while ago uh, maybe even in the early days so i'm not really sure um but uh thank you guys for tuning in um if we got a bunch of people in the chat tonight uh we got jared we got mike we got jakester uh we've got who else i, I, I believe i saw someone else chiming in there talking as well um low expectations expectations, uh, a bunch of other people that are uh just haven't haven't commented yet but i see you in the chat um thanks so much for tuning in tonight if you have not subscribed to the nintendo fuse uh youtube page make sure you do that and hit that bell to be alerted every time we post a new video every time we go live like this um also, make sure we, you follow us on social media and join our Discord. Um, our Discord's been blowing up, a lot of call it conversations, lots of really cool stuff going on there. we got a bunch of uh, indie developers and everybody else uh, in our Nintendo uh, Fuse Discord, so make sure that's, uh, that you do join our Discord. All that information is going to be in the show notes uh, down below in the, in the description on YouTube. Um, but uh, yeah, let's before we before we get started into all the celebrations tonight, let's, let's you know do our normal thing and talk about what we have been playing and uh let's go to you first hassan uh as our as our guest uh host uh what what have you been playing lately uh so lately uh, i actually went on a uh a trip to singapore and malaysia uh over the last couple weeks so i brought the switch with me and played on the flight uh, a little bit and uh played some astral chain a little bit of Link's Awakening, some more Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, just chipping away at the uh, the adventure mode, still going through that. Um, and uh, so those were, were pretty fun. Um, I'm really digging Astral Chain, actually. Just the music, everything, just the whole thing has been been real fun. I, I definitely want to play more of it. Um, but just recently, I also downloaded uh, Untitled Goose Game, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, it's It's... It's it's pretty hilarious and fun and just uh, I love the style you know uh, like just the way they made the game it's 
it's I, it's it's pretty addicting. It's fun. Yeah, it looks hilarious. I was watching. I I don't really watch um, PewDiePie that often, but his uh, playthrough of Untitled Goose Game is absolutely hilarious. Um, highly recommended. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Barry, what you been playing lately? Uh, I haven't actually had as much time as I would have liked to play, uh, so my list isn't nearly as long as last uh, last podcast. Uh, in addition to the standard, you know, Final Fantasy XIV and Dragalia Lost, and I've actually been playing some Mario Kart Tour, um, which which is slowly growing on me. But the the microtransactions and the the constant walls is starting to grate on me. Uh, all my time when I've had time to play on the Switch has been Dragon Quest XI, which is uh, it's a big game. And uh, just when I think, oh, I'm getting there, it starts, nope, nope, you got more stuff to do. And I, I like that. Um, it does actually bring back a lot of old school Final Fantasy vibes. Uh, it is a lot of fun, and uh, I highly recommend it. The problem is that so many games are coming out. Like today, today it was like, what, seven games or something like, like that came yeah. out. And, and it's like, no, I'm still, you know, like halfway through Dragon Quest. I can't look at them. I have to keep playing Dragon Quest. <laughs> Nice. Do you play mostly in the uh, the new or the old style? With the graphical I played style? the whole time in, in the new, but there is a, a special mode for the Switch where you go back to like past Dragon Quest games as you uh, find the different passwords, and that is only in the 16-bit, like the mm. whole town and the whole thing. So there it's 16-bit and the old-school graphics. But there there are some problems switching between them because when you switch, you have to choose like the chapter. So you might, like, if you're, like, halfway through a chapter and say, oh, I want to switch to 2D mode, you pick that chapter, you start at the beginning of the chapter, from what mm -hmm. I've heard, so you might lose some save progress. Uh, so I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to stick 3D. I think the it's gorgeous. Although it's funny because I do notice a little bit of uh, cost-cutting measures where, like, when it's nighttime, you go into a house, it, like, brightens up a bit, and if you look outside... It looks daytime, but then when you walk out, like the whole thing gets dark right away. Uh, so, like little things like that are kind of like ah, I see what you're doing, but uh, it doesn't really detract. And, and they did a great job porting it, and all the added stuff is great. Nice, nice. I still haven't uh, haven't played the the demo yet. It's downloaded. The demo. I just like so yeah. much, so much to do, so much to talk about. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Greg, what you been playing? Outside of my typicals like Fire Emblem Heroes and uh, Dr. Mario World, um, I did check out Mario Kart Tour, and then on Switch, I'm still um, playing Link's Awakening. I'm very close to Awakening the Windfish and putting a cap on that. So once that is done, I'll be jumping into Dragon Quest XI finally. So I have the physical copy all set and ready to go. I just need to finish Link's Awakening first. Nice. You'll, you'll love Dragon Quest XI, Greg. It's yeah, a big game. I know, I absolutely love all the previous uh, nine installments that made it over here, so... Nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, Jigster's been playing a lot of uh, Link's Awakening. Uh, Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening. And uh, he's been doing it live, so he's been uh, posting that in our Discord as well, so you can watch him uh, play live. And uh, Jared's been, uh, he 100% Link's Awakening. He's been playing Untitled Goose Game and uh, Super, Smash, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate now and again. Um, I have also been playing a little bit of Link's Awakening, not made it nearly as far as I'd like to, of course, from Rocket League. Um, but I went back and, and finally caught up in some old reviews. I've got like a ton of reviews that I've been doing and a lot of indie games, which is uh, Barry's been upset at me. I haven't been in, you know, touching many uh, the new AAA games because I've been trying to go back in my backlog of, uh, of indie games to review. So I've got 
a review of Astro Bears that went up. Uh, I finally reviewed uh, Runner 3. Um, I did my review of uh, the the Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, which I've talked about on on this uh, on the podcast before. But uh, I finally wrote that review up. Um, finally, wrote my review of Earthlock as well, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, my brother Rabbit, um, and Death Squared, and also Feather. Feather, have you guys played Feather? No. <laughs> I don't even know if I call it play. It's uh, it's. <laughs> I, my review is a whole two paragraphs because I really didn't know what to say. Like, it's like, it's an experience. It's like, there's not much there. And it's way, like, my opinion is it's too expensive for what it is. But um, it's not a bad, it's like a tech demo that they really should charge like three bucks for. Um, but yeah, so anyway, my reviews are all up there. I've been playing a lot of that. And uh, yeah, I got a lot more of, of those games as well to uh, to keep cranking out and reviewing and everything, so man well let's let's move into some celebration time uh man the nintendo fuse podcast 184 episodes over the course of 10 years and uh Hassan, i was i was thinking earlier we probably we actually have some two-parters in there so we're probably closer to like 190 yeah. or so 195 episodes actually so. yeah yeah we're getting close to that 200 Another celebration. Another celebration. It's right around the corner. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, But uh, we've we've got some cool things in place for you guys tonight. Um, We're gonna be talking about our like the early days and kind of getting a little history lesson a little bit at the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Uh, We're gonna be talking about our favorite moments over the years, our favorite episodes, and some cool stuff like that. Uh, But we also have some videos from some old uh, members of the team and also a one of our longest probably uh, listening um, listeners out there as well. So uh, we'll kind of be spacing those throughout the show. Uh, but I thought we'd get kicked off with none other than Mickey DiLorenzo, who is actually the founder of Nintendo Fuse, which is actually uh, Wii Nintendo back in the day. So uh, take it away, Mickey. Greetings, Wii Fuse podcast listeners. Uh, hey, my name's Mickey DiLorenzo, and I started and founded the... Nintendo Fuse website, which was called WeNintendo.net, back in 2006, uh, the spring of 2006, so very early on, um, right when the announcement came that they were going to call it the Wii, that's when um, I went and bought the domain name and started a blog, which at the time was really not a thing that video games really did. There was a few out there. I think GBA Temp was one I used to frequent back then. Um, and they sort of got caught with the buying the URL that had GBA in the title, so they were forever branded, you know, Game Boy Advance, but they eventually branched out into a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so at the time, no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, zero social media going on. I think Dig.com was doing really big around then. So that was one of our main ways of gaining popularity. So anyway, 2006, early on, uh, I just started blogging about any Nintendo news that was coming out. Uh, I think the Wii wasn't even released until November of 2006. Um, So this is five months prior. It's uh, news news and rumors and just general Nintendo fanboyism going on. Um, So yeah, I had... A friend who worked, um, I think the website was called girl.com in New York, and they were, their parent company was NBC, and she got early access to a Nintendo Wii, 
and I was able to play Wii Sports very early on. It was like two or three weeks before the, the actual launch in November. I think it was November. Um, so I had early access to that, which is just a circum, uh, you know, circumstantial thing. Um, I then went to Manhattan on release night in 2006, and I was one of the first in line to get a Wii uh, on top of having that, that one prior. Uh, I think I bought Zelda, and he's like, don't even remember. Um, but then after that, this is sort of how everything kind of blew up and how we all are here today is that uh, instead of reviewing Wii Sports, I noticed the workout part of it and the being out of breath. And I just made a, instead of a blog review, I did a blog, hey, this I'm going to try something out and um, play Wii Sports every day for a certain amount of time and see what happens. And I... Um, I took, uh, you know, meticulous notes and posted my weight before and after pictures, little videos and all that. It blew up. Um, it was uh, national news in the U.S. here. And then it became global, worldwide news. And that basically afforded us visibility to everyone and everything. I was doing interviews. Nintendo was flying me to New York to do things. E3 passes. And this is where Steve originally reached out to me. And became one of the first contributors, writers, bloggers, and all around awesome assistants and helpers in the site. Uh, not too long after that is when Hassan, Hassan um, decided to create a podcast. And again, this was early on, you know, early stages of YouTube. Um, the podcasts themselves were sort of bizarre. Uh, they usually kind of just sat as an MP3 somewhere, and you'd have to sync it up with your iTunes. Uh, so this was very early on. We had we had uh, you know harnessed the technology available to us, and I'd say we're pioneers. Um, at the time of Wii Nintendo, I don't think any other Nintendo site was up. I think maybe GoNintendo.com was the only other one. Um, but yeah, we were ahead of the curve as far as blogs and coverage go in that sense, and we went hard for. I'd say a good, I don't know, eight years riding riding that initial wave of the Wii Sports experiment uh, influx of visitors. Uh, so it was very fun. And uh, I really look back on those days very fondly. And of course, the assistance of all the people who volunteered to help. I tried to um, send any swag that I got to everyone and everyone, any review copies I tried to send out because everyone was putting in lots of hours every week. Um, so, uh, super appreciative of all that. So yeah, I was 25 at the time in 2006. I'm 38 now. Uh, I was living in South Philadelphia. Um, I wasn't married yet. I met my wife in 1997. We were dating in high school, and then we didn't get married until 2007. So, the Wii Nintendo site predates my marriage and my two my two kids, two two girls. They're five and a half and eight and a half now. So this was my uh, this this is my heart and soul for a good chunk of my mid twenties and early thirties, and I'm I'm really glad that it's still up and running, and you guys are still burning the midnight oil to get this thing up there in a crowded media environment. Um, so congratulations, WeFuse podcast team and all the viewers over the years. Uh, awesome stuff. And 
I can't wait to watch the show and listen tonight. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much, Mickey. Uh, it was awesome to, to see him. Um, I remember the, the times that, uh, that we get to hang out and cover E3 together. And um, yeah, just it was cool to... Uh, to see him again. Um, he's been kind of lurking around in the background uh, for the last several years and kind of letting us uh, take the lead of the site and everything. So thanks so much, Mickey, uh, for, for sharing some history of the site as well. Um, for those of you that are new uh, followers of, of Nintendo Fuse, maybe you didn't know a lot of the history. Um, so that was kind of cool to, to hear from him. Uh, Hassan, let's, let's hear the early days story about uh, the Nintendo Fuse podcast, because I know there, there was a lot. We, we had uh, a couple attempts, if I remember correctly, um, before we, we settled on this one that's been going for 10 years. So if you count that one, it's probably actually been maybe close to 11 years. But Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, so we started with, uh, it was the, the weekly Fuse podcast with like W-I-I, uh, K-L-Y, and uh, it was kind of similar, you know, style and format, but just sort of early days, and I think we were just sort of trying things out, um, and then I don't remember the specific reason for why that one ended up stopping. I think we just got so busy with things, and it just kind of fell by the wayside, and then I was like, you know what, like this community is is cool we have like a a good group of people that were active like on our forums and uh we're like we, we love talking to each other about stuff let's 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 try this again let's do this again and uh somehow the name nintendo fuse sort of came about and we we started this podcast and then eventually the website sort of followed and adopted the the name as well just for the consistency but um since the beginning of the nintendo fuse podcast uh it's also gone through a bunch of changes as well, because uh, I know we've tried the well, we had the live you know tapings, but then we also did at one point just like pre-recorded taping. And I remember there was a time when like each of us would record a segment, and we'd be like, "Now on to you, Steve," and then like you would record your piece and be like, "All right, on to you, Nick," and then like it would just kind of like go from there and. Uh, and then we just sort of put it together. Yeah. Um, and we could like throw in music and stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We, we, well, we were all audio in the beginning. Um, yes. And so like right now people are watching, are able to watch us like record this, but it was totally audio and, and we all called in because we were using talk shoes. So we were all on our phones and, um, and, and just having this conversation with everybody. And, and that was hard. I think in the early days too, like, to make sure that we weren't talking over each other and everything. It's a little easier to like read people like when you're like, oh, it looks like Greg's about to talk. I'm gonna shut up right now or whatever. Um, but when you're on the phone, you had no idea <laughs> what was gonna happen. Yeah. And uh, and I remember we also like did our own music in the in the early days as well. Like we just like hummed, yeah. hummed songs. <laughs> so bad. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely went through um quite a few variations but i mean definitely i would say the current podcast crew as it is um has been the longest standing podcast crew uh because we've had various co-hosts that have gone in and out but um we, we've been pretty I, I don't know exactly how long it's been since like greg barry everyone has kind of all been with it together but it's been a while now a few yeah. years at least 
Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I know I started, I, I wasn't a part of the, the very first, the weekly one. Um, I think I joined somewhere in the middle of that because I was, I remember you guys invited me in because um, I was part of the, the forums and everything and and I was, uh, I joined in for a couple episodes and then became like a regular sort of thing and, uh, but I was there from the beginning of the Nintendo Fuse podcast. Um, so that was cool and I remember, was it, who was it in the beginning? Was it me, you, and Nick only, or Mickey? Mickey was there too. Mickey, Mickey was there too. Um, yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, it was, it was just, just us. Actually, I think, I feel like Nick came in a little bit later, even. Okay. Um, I think it was just Mickey, me, and you initially. Okay. Um, and then Mickey started to get, you know, busy with things, and so then I know Nick came in. We had Alex. Um, we kind of floated. Yeah, uh, Jeremy popped in a, a few know, times. Jeremy yeah. came in later as well. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, I I think Greg was the next to join, right? Is that am I remembering correctly? My my brain is a little foggy. Greg, were you the next to to join our team? Yeah, I wasn't really on any podcasts with like um, Mickey or Jeremy at all or Nick. So it was just uh, me, you, and Hassan. Okay. For a while. Nice. Do you remember what when that was? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, put you on the spot there because I have well, yeah, I have no idea what it was. It's at least been before 2015 because I know I went back and saw like the game of the year stuff that we did for like 2015, and I think uh, I believe the four of us were all on that. So okay. it was at least want, before yeah, that. At least I want to say it was like 2013 or 2014. Okay. Because I had joined in 2012 or end of 2011 nice hey nick is in the chat room and he is confirming that he came on later so hey nick thanks for joining us um he's 29 by the way um not 29 years old but the name anyway um yeah because it was all four of us when we went video right like when we switched over to video all four of us were here yeah that was on the 100th episode we did that right and so so greg was there for at least a little before that barry when did you come along See, I actually did my homework. <laughs> Go for it, yeah. I mean, my homework I, is easy because I started, I was there when Weston started it. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, the first time I even found out about Nintendo Fuse, uh, I actually was on Twitter, and uh, I had followed Hassan for some of his other work, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this podcast, you know, come live tomorrow night. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. I'll, I'll actually, you know, let me, let me listen to that. And if you can call in. I'm like, all right, sounds great. And uh, that episode was actually episode number 92, which was uh, June 18th, 2013, when you guys were talking about E3. And uh, on that, I'm there as a caller. Um, I come in right. and, and I won't shut up. And like, when I listen, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, just shut up already. Um, I felt bad for you guys. So I'm sorry. But uh, apparently we, we wanted your, vo- yeah, your voice I mean, even more. <laughs> yeah, it's still going on now. But no, um, actually, I contacted Hassan about it after I said, hey, I'd like to join. He's, and he's like, oh, you know, the podcast is full, but here's Mickey. Um, so I contacted Mickey and we started talking. And he's like, yeah, you could join the team. You know, started doing reviews. Uh, then I, back then we didn't do weekly podcasts. In fact, we didn't even do monthly podcasts. It was, it was really sporadic. The next one was actually in August. Um, so two months later later which i again called in on uh the next one after that was 94 was november 17th i was not there for that i missed that one and i officially joined with alex we both joined the exact same time december 17th 2013 which was the very first real best of it was the best of uh 
2013 ah. awards show. So that was actually my first episode, 95, before we started doing the, the camera when we were still talk show. Um, so it was a... Uh, it was a long time ago at this point, uh, six years, uh, six years. I've been with the team officially over six years, but with the podcast, almost six full years, which nice, which is over half. So I'll take over half. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, if you're in the, the chat room right now, um, we would love to know when you started listening to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. So throw that in there. Um, and if you're listening after the fact, watching after the fact, um, shoot us a, a message on social media or leave it in a comment. We'd love to know uh, when you started uh, first listening to the Nintendo Fuse podcast and, and maybe like how you actually found us originally. That'd be cool to, to hear uh, about that. Um, Jared said he forgot when he even <laughs> began watching it, but I'm assuming he says watching it. So that's after we went with video um, yes. as well. And uh, hi, the basement dwellers. Basement dwellers just uh, joined as well. So um, let's let's talk about some of our favorite uh, times. Uh, so um, what were some of your favorite episodes of the podcast? We have 184 to choose from. You could you could choose tonight if if that's your favorite one. Uh, but 184 plus, we'll say to uh, to choose from. So Hassan, I, I'm gonna get you first because um, you've you've been there for almost all of 184 of them. So what were some of your your favorite moments, uh, favorite episodes at least? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's been a bunch. I wrote down like three uh, uh, ones that kind of stood out a little bit for various reasons. Uh, one was um, I think the first interview we did, and it was either episode four or five, but it was with uh, Tommy Tallarico uh, from Video Games Live. Um, and I just remember it was cool because you know we're just starting out, and we we managed to get the interview. And and uh, Video Games Live for those that haven't been is a, a great show. Um, they play video game music with an orchestra, and there's lights and videos and everything behind it it's it's awesome so it was cool to get to talk to him uh i didn't expect to talk to him for two and a half hours um <laughs> that was uh uh something and uh you know i mean but it it, it was great um, it's it's also our only uh m m mature rated um episode of the podcast <laughs> as well <laughs> Right, right, that that as well. Yeah. After that, that's why we had to tell uh, Barry to uh, watch his language because because uh, <laughs> Tommy just used them all right there. <laughs> oh my God, I do remember right, that. That was early on. Time. That was really early on. I, I dropped a curse, and I remember Steve just like, <laughs> "We don't do that here." I'm like, "Sorry, watch your language." <laughs> you get the stern talking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. But, uh, no, that was that was definitely a um, a really cool episode. Another one that was fun was um, I think the first one that we did where we were together in a room, and it was at the first PAX East, and it was uh, myself, Steve, and Mickey, and then Roth actually joined in as well. Um, and uh, it was cool because it was like our first time recording like all together in a room. Mm. Uh, but then also being at PAX East, being surrounded by gamers and all that, like it was just a lot of fun. And it sort of started the the trend of at certain events like E3 and stuff. We'd have people calling in from those events and kind of bringing that that live, you know, sort of mm. thoughts on everything. So yeah. uh, that was definitely a, a fun time. It was. And I'm just going to like piggyback because you're picking all my favorites as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, in addition to what you said, I think it was so cool to, that was the first time 
all of us had met each other in person as well because we were pretty much just all internet friends at that point and uh and so we that was the first time we'd met each other um in person and then also you know recording it uh live there too i remember uh the the funny thing about that episode was because talks you did that whole like recorded live thing that we mimicked you know earlier today um and i remember roth going wait because we we actually is like said that live and he's like wait that that's you guys recording that I'm like no no it's just we're just joking <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great and i remember at the time it was like the dsi was a thing and there was that mm-hmm. one dsiware game where you like tilt the screen and look at it but it was it was only out in japan already and roth had like the japanese system or something so we're all like giving our first impressions of this thing like he was showing it to us and um yeah it was it was just cool just to be there in person and and kind of explore all that for sure definitely um and then the the one other uh memory that i had is for the the game of the year um episodes which they're all pretty memorable in their own way but i just remember it was in like the 2015 2016 time when we'd be doing the game of the year episodes and it would come to me and be like I don't have any games for the 3DS that I played, or I don't have any Wii U games, and we just have to, like, skip me, because at the time, it was just, I, yeah, I just, I had, like, nothing that I was playing for those games, and yeah. then, thankfully, that changed uh, in 2017, of course, but, uh, man, I just remember those times, it was, it was, I mean, it provided, it was hilarious, but it was also sad at the same time, yeah. just for the state of things, but True. It, was, it was fun. The year that, that, uh, Hassan had no games to play at all. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i'm gonna refer to the chat just real quick um low expectations says first time listener uh he's a guild leader from uh from barry's uh final fantasy 14 um uh guild so th- great to have you jo- jumping in there um let's see jakester said he started watching through hussin uh which was a couple years after the wii u launch and uh that his first podcast was around e3 2013 um i already talked about jared forgot uh when it was but um let's see uh i think that's the only one but uh keep throwing those in there if uh if you have uh you can remember when you uh when you first listening to started listening to the podcast we'd love to know those stories as well so throw those in the chat uh barry what are what are some of your favorite uh episodes thinking back over the last several years uh well, that the first one I called in on was one of my favorites, just because it, it was, you know, I was happy that someone actually like gave me a, a soapbox kind of to stand on, and and I remember my wife was, uh, she was actually overseas, she was in England, and I sent her the link, and I was just like, when you get up, because the time zone, she was sleeping when we recorded, I said, listen to this at this time, and she was like, oh my god, what happened? I said, I, I don't know, just got lucky, um, and then obviously, you know. My first podcast was, you know, coming in on a Game of the Year awards was was great. Um, so that's always a special spot in my heart, um, just just to be included. Uh, my, I think my overall best favorite episode, like one I've gone back and listened to at least five times, is has to be our Game of the Year 2016. I think that is hands down the greatest because we had, none of us had anything to play because Nintendo <laughs> did nothing that year. And we had to put on a podcast because we couldn't just not do something. So, like Steve's nominating games from previous years, and and we're 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 just we're scraping the bottom of the barrel of whatever we can to come out with. And it's funny looking back now. Like I mentioned earlier, like seven games came out today for the Switch. Like you know, Steve hasn't had time to play any AAA games. Um, there's so much now that it's a whole different landscape. 
it it just seems like it's a, another decade ago. Like what, what? No games to play. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so it's just it's just fun. It's almost a relic of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy um, the episode where I got to um, interview the um, CEO of Brainseed Factory um, for a typo man um, because that was that was actually in a way like the very first industry talk. But Industry Talk didn't exist then, so it was a podcast. And I had never recorded using Google Hangouts before. So I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool just to, like, you know, make sure I'm looking at his camera. So I clicked his camera. And if you watch that, I don't appear at all on the podcast. I mean, you hear me, but you see nothing but him the entire time because I had never recorded and didn't know, oh, yeah, I can actually choose what's visible and i had no idea i just wanted to make sure i was looking at him kind of like a one-on-one thing uh, and then when i went back i'm like oh alan idiot but <laughs> <laughs> but looking back it's fun um and you know that was that was really one of those first experiences of like hey you know what i get the opportunity to talk to so many great developers and i'm still doing that today and i love that and and for that i'm, I'm forever thankful um but yeah that that's why it, it holds a special spot there for me that's awesome yeah, and now it's turned into so many more interviews that that you've been so able to have, and its own its own thing, its own series on our YouTube channel now. So that's cool. And I make sure to not click. Yeah. Ever since I click, so you, unfortunately you you see me on the visual ones too, but you can hide me. Just put a towel over half your screen. You're good. <laughs> hey, one of the last ones uh, is it's no video at all. So yeah, one yeah. of the ones coming up is no video either. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not my fault. <laughs> Uh, Greg, what's uh, what are some of your favorite episodes? Well, I really wish I would have gotten like a numerical um, homework list, like you guys had prepared. But um, I do remember like listening to every single episode before I joined, in hopes of hearing me being discussed, like on like that um, weekly podcast thing. And then I still remember like when Nick was saying like, "Oh, Gamer Greg talked about like this," and like, "Oh, and that's very interesting," and like it led like that just like made my day like just hearing like me being like I had a shout out like on the podcast before even being on this format obviously mm-hmm. so that moment was very memorable for me mm-hmm. along with being my first episode I just remember how nervous I was to be on I was not much of a huge speaker so definitely have come a long way since nice again I wish I knew which number exactly but it had to be only a few episodes before Barry if we were so like like quarterly episodes. <laughs> so yeah, um, nice. yeah. And then I also really liked the one of our game of the years where uh, Leave Huston nominated the um, Happy Home Designer <laughs> for the 3DS because that was like one of the only uh, games yeah, he had played. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Was was that the 2016 so, one? Uh, I think like, Barry's muted. By the way. But. <laughs> yeah, that was the 2016 yeah. one. That okay. that is absolutely a uh, yeah. That's a, a, a must watch, really. Yes, just for it's a, humor. That's a classic. If uh, yeah. if I remember, I'm gonna have to make a note. I'm gonna have to add it in the uh, little little card. We'll send a card like somewhere over that direction. I'll add, I'll add it in later if I can. Um, <laughs> so and then finally, most recently, when um, Huston came on for his first guest appearance, and he was all like wrapped up and. <laughs> Hog tied oh, yeah. and everything. That's definitely very memorable. I'll always remember that. Like just <laughs> the screen just changing over and you just see someone struggling in the dark. Like <laughs> how to keep him locked up. up because I didn't want him to leave. <laughs> I'm glad I'm finally free now. Yeah. You know, like, hey, 
don't 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 be <laughs> thankful. The night is young, my friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are great. Uh, I think the the other ones that uh, the Hassan you didn't mention earlier, and and and. Because I, I think the what they stand out to me is because um, just how it, cool it was the experience, but how crazy it was that we were doing it um, are the E three episodes um, where like the couple that Mickey and I were like out at E three and walking the I remember walking the streets like back from coming back from the 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 center and everything and like talking about just things off the on you know like right after the the Nintendo. Um, press conference happened and we just got done with it and we're on the phone with you trying to record the podcast and and just you know cars are running by and we're trying to record a podcast all at the same time as we're walking back to our hotel um but those those definitely stand out uh as as well and and i think back to uh like actually um i think i like i really liked when we started doing video i think it was a it was a cool monumental kind of moment um 80 four episodes ago um when we when we kicked off our the video portion of that and which was kind of crazy because a lot of people hadn't really seen our faces um before that we were just voices um for a lot of people and so that was that was kind of a cool moment um for us to just uh, to have a video um version of the podcast and for able people to be able to interact with us beyond um just calling in and, and the chat rooms and things like that but uh but that was a really cool moment um and cool episodes did we well. do an episode just when me and you were in E3, or was that just like an impressions thing from that direct? You know, you I did you did that was the one I called in on. You weren't you uh... weren't in E3. You were just home from E3. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it was home from E3. Okay. So I know me and Steve like watched it. And we were giving commentary on a game we thought was like for the 3DS, but it was like for the Wii U or something. Like yeah. Yeah, that's that true. Wasn't, yeah, because the podcast. <laughs> it's because we were streaming it on uh, 3G or whatever it was at the time because we couldn't get the hotel Wi-Fi to work, and so we had to watch it uh, like hotspotted from my phone, and and the quality was so bad that we thought it was the 3DS game, but it wasn't. Like, was it was it Super Mario 3D World? I think <clears throat> might have been that one, or yeah, I can't remember. But uh, it certainly seemed like it could be like something like that because. It was 3D Land, obviously. A yeah. lot, a lot of people were upset with 3D World because that that was the stream where, like, they unveiled Mega Man and all that. It was like the first time they did the Nintendo Direct or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was just, it was such so bad. <laughs> it was so right bad. because we were watching it in our in our hotel room before we walked down there, and then we got to see the the live re uh, reveal of uh, Wii Fit Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, those are cool. Um, I mean, not really cool for moments, but cool memories. Cool memories for sure. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about just some uh, beyond episodes. What are some of our favorite memories over the years? And and I'll go back to actually the the very very early days. And 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 Greg, I, when you said what you said about when you first joined, um, that's how I felt when I first joined the Weekly Fuse. Uh, podcast um was it did i get that right weekly fuse i think it was or weekly yes. yeah yeah i think it was weekly fuse yeah. um because like i'd never been on a podcast like that i've been following nintendo stuff for a long time and of course was writing for the site and you doing the forums and everything but that i had like 
no idea what I was doing. And I remember joining in and my roommate at the time was like, hey, how'd it go? And like, I don't really know if I did well or not. I was really nervous and, and all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, that's one of the, the my biggest memories is actually first joining and, and doing this sort of thing. And now I really love it. And it's been, you know, many, many, many years later, um, actually um, 10 <coughs> years, um, <laughs> almost 11, I guess, if you count the other stuff. But uh, but yeah. Um, looks like uh, Jakester says one of his favorite moments is when he started watching Nintendo Fuse when Steve was showing off Mario Kart 8. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Oh, Mario Kart 8, that was awful. I'm so glad you're still around, Jakester. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have a capture card at the time, and so I remember like pointing my, my like laptop camera my webcam like at the tv and it was like just it was a mess oh that that was a good memory but it was awful um <laughs> mike uh mike uh says the one when he he's first started um or sorry that was the he's talking about his uh capture cards he's went through ca three capture cards um since he started working with us at nintendo fuse so um <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jake's just stopped laughing at me. It was awful, um, but I'm so glad you're still here. Um, Hudson, what are, what are some of your mem favorite memories over the years? For me, it was always, like, uh, a fun thing to, like, try something new. And so to do the podcast at first was, like, a, a cool new experience. But it was always something that, like, you know, we, we always tried to innovate and do do different things for a variety of reasons sometimes it was based on like our schedule and and you know just trying to fit things in but other times it was just you know let's see how this plays out and you know like one scenario being like i said in the past where we would pre-record certain segments and push them together so that kind of brought about a different feel and style to the podcast but then also when we um we really you know when we're making the podcast live and interactive um, is not something that a lot of other podcasts do where people could actually call in and, and be, you know, in the chat and that sort of thing. So whenever we would get a caller on the podcast, like was always really exciting and a little bit <laughs> it's like so dangerous. Yeah. You, you never knew what was going to happen. So there's a couple moments where I had to hit mute real quick. Um, yeah. So, but you know, you kind of got to live on the edge a little. It was, uh, it was exciting. Um, and we got, we got, you know, Barry out of it too. So, so it, it worked out in the end, right? Um, I don't know. The jury's still out on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I think one word, I have one word for that video games. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I think my favorite was when the, uh, the, the crazy religious cult thing that called in or whatever one time and they were like screaming and everything. And I was just like, find the mute button. <laughs> And there are times when talk shoe would be delayed, so I'd hit mute, yeah. and it like it wouldn't mute right away, and then like I'd hit it again, and it would unmute it again. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, it was it was crazy, <laughs> but uh, um, but that was that was fun, kind of making it interactive, and then of course, uh, as Steve said, once we went to video and just trying new things like that, just to make it, because um, the whole podcast from the beginning for me was always about getting connected more with the the community um, that we have here. And so making it interactive, making it more personal by showing, you know, our faces, that sort of thing, um, just kind of has made it exciting to, to be a part of. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, this this really spawned out of us just wanting to talk video games um, with each other, and we thought, hey, let's record it and see if anybody else listens to it. And it was a cool way to, to really interact with with our community. Um, Jared says in the uh, in the chat that it's, he's being a bit selfish. I don't think it's a bit selfish. We don't think so. Um, but his favorite moment was when he won the uh, play play NYC tickets. So that's really cool. Um, Barry, speaking of play play NYC, Barry, uh, who is our resident play NYC. Uh, aficionado um what are what are some of your favorite <coughs> memories over the years ah uh, so many um i remember that whole beginning phase when it was like oh yeah i'm gonna get free games i'm gonna do reviews and like there's no downside to this uh and my first review was urban trial freestyle uh <laughs> on uh on the 3ds which was a really fun game i'm like this is a great start and then the next game that came through the emails like who wants this game rhythm core alpha 2 I'm like, i'll take it dsi game and i opened it up and it's just a music maker i'm like the hell am i gonna do with this <laughs> so i had to somehow make music and then i was like maybe i shouldn't just accept anything thrown my way uh, it was a real eye-opener like maybe i should be a little bit more picky um but it was fun just like trying to figure it out how to overcome that hurdle uh i like you know, definitely some of the game chats we've done over the years. Um, there's that one. Oh God, now I why well, it's drawing a blank of the the plane game that you and I did, Steve, and that apparently the developer was not very happy with. Oh our, yes, our, yeah. Our, our um wow. our uh, review of it because he started yelling at us. He did. He's like, "Did you actually even do the tutorial?" I'm like, "Yeah, it didn't help." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was um. That was an interesting experience. And then, of course, I, I, I can't not mention the whole trying experience. <clears throat> oh, yes. Because for, for, for a preface, you know, I I played the original Trine on the 360 because I used to get all the Xbox Live Arcade games, and I hated it. So Steve's like, <laughs> guess what, guys? I got Trine 2 codes. Let's play it. I got two codes or three codes total, one for me. So I got roped into it. Mike got roped into it. <clears throat> so af I think it was after a podcast. It was right after a podcast, yeah. Right after a podcast. We finished recording at like 11 o'clock Eastern. <laughs> we, we played until like 5 a.m. to beat this game. And during that period, there was – because Steve was recording. There was a time where we lost Steve because we were using Skype. So it was just me and Mike. We had no idea if we were still recording. We were he was, Steve was still playing, but we, we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> my my um, gamepad battery was dying because I was playing here in the office, and I had to plug it in. So now I was on TV, and and while I was playing on TV, I had like my, my headset thrown over my my uh, desk, and I was like half hanging like this, like at 5 a.m. <laughs> trying to play. It was it was a mess. Um, never again, and of course today is the day Trine Four came out. Ironically, but uh, no, nope, we're gonna play I'm it after the podcast, series. right? <laughs> no, I'm done with that series. That that was enough for me. Hey, we have four people, um, it's four players. <laughs> um, definitely the the experiences of being able to give things away. Um, getting to meet Dan um, from Playcrafting, who's a sweetheart, and and building up that friendship, and just letting getting the opportunity to give people the play NYC pit tickets uh, for three consecutive years, all three years that it's been going on. Um, and actually it was funny just seeing him this year and, and someone, you know, mentioned me and he's, he just turned to me and just pointed, he's like, he's OG, like he's OG. Like if he's got a problem, 
I've got a problem. And it just really made me feel good. Like, oh, my God, you know, like I'm just just a podcast host, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was great. And and, and uh, we did something with Video Games Monthly. Uh, that was that was a great, great thing to be able to do that, too. And just just to give things to people, especially during the holidays. <clears throat> it's just it's just awesome. Yeah. And uh, just just all those memories just coming on, just just doing the I remember the one year we did um, E3. Uh, predictions but they had to be like all crazy and insane and we all did like little videos and stuff and some of the stupid things we've done over the years but they were fun and i think that's the important thing it's you know this whole podcast has been a passion project from the beginning with hassan and and mickey and you steve and and i think it continues as a, a passion project with with us and uh i think that alone is testament that we can go 10 years total as a passion project. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and like Hudson said earlier, it's, it's about the community. And, and if you guys like, we'd still be doing this probably, but the reason that it has any sort of traction at all, um, is because of you and, and we, we love interacting with you guys and, and everything. So thanks so much for, for our audience, um, sticking around for, for 10 years as well. And, uh, some of you guys, uh, beyond 10 years, uh, Greg, what's, what's some of your, your favorite memories over the last several years? I definitely remember that one, um, repeat caller that we had a lot he was like hey guys and like barry i would always have to go on mute and it's like so great to hear y'all like i got away from my wife for a few minutes to call in and like that's true what what was the guy's name i don't that's, remember i didn't name. remember his name but i think he was from like new jersey he was, obviously. From, jersey. He was from new jersey yeah i feel so bad it wasn't it was matt I think it was think, Matt, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Matt. Matt, come back. We miss you, man. Yeah, how about the fact that whenever we did talk show and we had callers, I was the only one that could send the audio out. So I had to literally sit there <laughs> with my phone like this, being as quiet as possible. Yeah, Couldn't laugh because I wanted only their audio to come yeah. out. It is sad we, we had to we had to cut that that portion of our of our podcast. But you can still Speaking of which, sorry to cut you off, uh, Greg. I'll let you continue in just a second. I feel like I hold Kanye moment here, um, but uh, but uh, <laughs> we do. But we still want you guys to, to send in videos and, and audio as well. I can, as as you saw with Mickey's video earlier, I can. We can totally uh, throw those in there, and uh, so just send them in. Send them in like a private video or via email or something like that. Get a hold of us. Um, you can send them to podcast at nintendofuse.com and that'll come to us, and we can use them in a future show. So. Um, even though you can't call in live, you can join us in the chat, but uh, we would love for to have you uh, send in video uh, questions or just thoughts and stuff like that as well. So anyhow, sorry, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> yeah, so outside of like, that awesome call that we had several times, I mean, I do remember like the one interview with like the video games live that was really great. Just he just did all the talking. I just remember I barely even spoke that night, but it was just really great just to be able to be a part of that one. Let's see. Hmm. There's just been a lot of like very good stuff to remember. Just like the different like callers, like that one guy I referenced earlier. They just said like video games, video games. Like he just like <laughs> said it very lightly and like <laughs> didn't make any sense. And then obviously like the cult people joining the chat and <laughs> stuff like that too. Like like the random people in the talk show chat. So. Yeah, so definitely lots of fun times there. I, I still remember when I joined Nintendo Fuse, like, a, Jeremy was doing the Ambassador Game Contest, mm-hmm. and, like, me and some, like, other the people were going, like, neck-to-neck and wrecking crew high score, and mm-hmm. 
as Steve explained, you have to like take a video. You guys recorded the video of it, so we had to like use our phone and still try to manage to play on 3DS at the same time without uh, a capture card or anything like that. So, right. yeah, that was when Utsi uh, or whatever is Utsi. Um, I think uh, was you and you and him were like at the top of the the charts. I feel like most of the time. Yeah, and I still remember um, doing uh, Jeremy's uh, Zelda Two challenge. I had the best uh, score over there, so. A low score competition. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I still couldn't believe I had managed to beat uh, a Thunderbird with only like three hearts and like five swords or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I remember that was slightly connected to the uh, to the podcast um, were, I don't know if you guys remember our uh, scavenger hunts that we used to have on the site um, that involved the, the website, the blog, and and the forums and everything. Uh, done. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Nick Servenum was, was at the, the helm of that. I think he was one of the ones that put that all together. And uh, lo and behold, we have a video from Nick. And so uh, take it away, Nick. Hello and long time no talk. My name is Nick Overacker, and I was a member of the Nintendo Fuse podcast way back at the beginning in 2009. Veteran Fusers might remember me by the name Sir Venom, a name that I've completely left behind in the past decade. Wow, 10 years. It feels like I was in another life. So much has happened since then, and it's so awesome that the podcast has survived through all of it. So uh, let me tell you guys where I've been all this time. In 2012, I decided to leave my old construction job to go to university. I was the first generation of my family to go to college, and so far, still the only one. I majored in computer engineering, and I immediately threw myself into my studies. In my first year, I joined a robotics club with no prior experience, and I led a team to third place in an international competition. With confirmation like this, I knew that electronics was the right path for me. On a whim, I added a Japanese minor to my degree plan in my second year. I didn't realize it at the time, but this would completely change my life. At the start of my junior year, the president of the Japanese Student Association came to my class to recruit new officers. Normally they would recruit Japanese students, but this time there were no full-time Japanese students to recruit. All of the old ones were about to graduate, and all the new ones were staying for one year or less. So I volunteered to help. They asked me to join a meeting that week, and before I had even arrived, they had already met, voted, and decided that I would be the next president of JSA. I had no idea this was going to happen. I thought I was going to be a treasurer or a secretary, and now the whole weight of the organization was on my shoulders. I accepted. I made some of my best friends in JSA, and my experiences with them made me interested in studying abroad myself. So in 2016, I applied to every scholarship I could find and I took a one-year intensive language study course at Shinshu University in Matsumoto, Japan as an exchange student. I followed this up by visiting friends across China and Korea, and then I returned to the US to start my new job at a small engineering consulting firm. Sometime later, one of my old professors from Japan reached out to me and urged me to apply for a position at a certain company in the Japanese semiconductor industry. And, well... I start in three weeks. So much happens in 10 years. I could rattle on for hours and hours, but I'm not going to do that to you. What I do want to say is to take chances. Do what excites you. Find where it takes you. In 10 years, you'll look back at all the good and all the bad, and you'll be surprised how far you've come. And so, to the audience and crew of the Nintendo Fuse podcast, 
Keep putting out the best versions of yourselves. Congratulations on 10 years, and make every year the best so far. Have an awesome day. Oh, Nick, so great to, to hear from you and and to see what you've been doing. Like, I don't know about you, but I think you guys need to flood the comments um, asking Nick to come back um, because that video was amazing. Um, I told him when he sent it in, I was like, Nick, this is so good. I want you back, man. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if he if he's able to, to join the team again. Um, love to hear what he's been doing over the years. It was, it was so good. Um, but uh, yeah, we got one more video later on in the podcast. Um, we do have some news to discuss because uh, news keeps coming out. Yeah, we can't just put it all off. We, we may talk about memories for like hours and hours and hours, but uh, but we do have some news to talk about tonight. Um, but before we uh, do jump into all that news, do you guys have any last thoughts about uh, about celebrating and thinking back through the years? Anything that you haven't shared yet that you would uh, you would like to share? So I just kind of throw it out there for anybody. Jump in if you have some ideas or. Uh, thoughts and before we move on to the news i, I just want to say well thank you to everyone that, that's listened and just been a part of this and and um and also thank you to, to all of you um you know steve barry greg everyone um and all the co-hosts that have been a part of this to kind of keep making this a, a reality and 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 to the three of you that have carried on uh, even after i left the podcast um because it's it's been it's been awesome kind of uh seeing this community grow and, and be what it is and uh uh, the podcast wouldn't be, you know, as special as it is without the community. So, so thank you to everyone. Yeah. We'd love to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you out more. I <laughs> really no, nah, I was going to say, um, yeah, the, the similar things. Thank you to, to all of our listeners, um, to, for, for just being here and for continuing to support us. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Thank you to, to Steve and, and Hassan and Greg and to Mickey for, for giving me a chance and, and uh, letting me letting me come on and join the family because uh, I appreciate it greatly. And thank you to all the developers that that I've had the opportunity to talk to. Uh, you guys are all great, and all the YouTubers and and composers and just everybody. Um, they've just been awesome. Everyone's been so welcoming and open, especially to you know. Oh, you don't have millions and millions and millions of views. Okay, well we're not going to talk to you. Like no, like hey, let's let's chill, let's talk and. And I made some really good friends out of some of them, and that wouldn't have been possible had I never joined the Nintendo Fuse team. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. Plus, I would have never met you guys, and and that would have been a, a, a hole in my heart. So thank you. Cool. cool. Yeah, definitely very much thanks from to, again to Steve and Hassan because they definitely encouraged me to join and come on and really enjoyed uh, being a part of this for such a long time. So never thought I'd be able to review games and be on the team and then i got an acceptance thing out of the blue from jeremy and mickey so definitely very much appreciate uh being a part of the team so thank you guys cool yeah and i'll, I'll just echo those thank you guys so much i mean like i said earlier um you know this wouldn't be happening without without our community and uh and Huston, i think you said it great i mean it's this is all about the community and um and so thank you guys for i mean you guys joined us because of the community uh barry and, and greg and and um and Huston and i met because of the community and uh and so it's kind of birthed all out of that and we've met so many of you guys and having you guys uh tune in every you know every other week now um in the chat and just getting to know you guys and talking with you um beyond that now in our discord channel which is kind of you know, sort 
server is kind of like the new forums, I guess, if you will. Um, and so that's been really cool to, to connect with more of our community and keep growing that. And uh, it's been it's been pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. So uh, Nick is saying actually in the chat that he's thought of Nintendo Fuse, the blog, the forum, the podcast a lot over the years. And uh, and Nick was, was a huge part of that. And so thank you so much. And, and Jared, thanks for having you as part of the team and as a fan. Yeah, Jared's written some some articles and reviews and stuff for us as well so yeah it's so big and and know that we are looking for uh for more writers and people to join our team and stuff um like we've said <laughs> there's actually more games than ever now and there's so much to cover and so if you're listening or watching and you'd like to join the nintendo fuse team um know that we are we are looking for more writers and uh we'd love to have you join the team to review some games write some uh articles about news that's popping up and uh yeah we'd love to to have you so make sure you contact us um on social media discord you can email us all that stuff uh but speaking of that news let's chat about some of the stuff that's been happening lately uh, a little game uh called mario kart tour come out uh, just a couple weeks ago and uh, we've all had the opportunity i think to play it because it's been it's a free-to-play game um and a lot of people have had the opportunity to play it the biggest download mobile download game for nintendo over 20 million downloads uh, and I believe that's probably like close to 25 million now. Who knows? Um, but I think the last the last uh, stat that I heard over 20 million downloads. Um, so I thought we could do like a little mini game chat uh, here and talk about our, our experiences with Mario Kart Tour. Um, so let's just kind of go around the horn again. Hassan, what are your what are your initial thoughts of Mario Kart Tour? Uh, <laughs> does that sum it up that's, right there? Um, <laughs> It, it kind of it's Mario Kart Tour is very similar to Animal Crossing Pocket Camp in my mind, where uh, both incredible franchises that I love um, dearly, but I'm just not really interested much in those games. Um, I tried Mario Kart Tour. The controls are just not the same as the console game. With the it, it's just awkward. Um, I know that you can like. There's a couple control options, but none of them felt right to me. Um, it, it, the, the game like looks, you know, looks nice, um, and some of the courses are kind of interesting uh, in in how they were able to sort of re remaster, or at least bring to the game. Um, so I mean, it, it's Mario Kart on your phone, but it just, you know, it's just it's just not the same. And then of course, I I honestly haven't played enough to hit any kind of a paywall type thing. But from everything I've heard about it, it's a similar situation to like pocket camp where, um, you know, you kind of get to that point where you feel like if you really want to do much more, you're going to have to pay money. And I've heard a whole, whole bunch of issues with the, the, the loot box, you know, type stuff and trying to get all the characters. And that just kind of has put me off from wanting to play more of it. So it's kind of a shame that, you know, Mario Kart, one of my all time favorite franchises, this game just not really doing it for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, man. Uh, Greg, let's go to you next. What's your, what's your thoughts about Mario Kart Tour? My gosh, those controls. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I am not a fan of like those swiping controls to steer. Like, I even tried to do some more races today, and I just like kept hitting the walls on 150cc, and like I had so much trouble trying to turn. I mean, I'm sure if I really want to dedicate myself to the game i surely could but i really don't like the <laughs> control scheme and 
that kind of stuff. So like I've only done a couple cups and yeah, as Hassan was saying, it looks amazing, but the controls are really what's uh, taking me back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Barry, what do you think about the game? Uh, at first I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And then I hit that first kind of like paywall and I'm like, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I put it down. I came back to it a little bit and like slowly, but surely I was working through it. Uh, New York comic con actually helped quite a bit, uh, because it was, you know, waiting in line for, for panels and for autographs and stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to at least play that. Um, it's fun, <clears throat> but it's really hard to get excited about it when you have games like Dragalia and Dragalia is like, Hey, guess what guys? We're giving you a hundred free summons and we're giving you 5,000 Wormite, which is another four summons for free, just for our anniversary. Have fun. And Mario Kart's like, we're going to do a login bonus. That's only going to last 10 days. And then there's no more login bonus for this tour. And uh, we're going to give you maybe three gems at a time. And maybe over the course of those 10 days, you might get one tenfold. And it's like that, that just doesn't sit well with me. How can one Nintendo game be like here, here, play our game, summon, have fun with the game. You can do so much free to play. And the other one being Mario Kart being like, Oh, here's some crumbs. Maybe if you eat enough crumbs, you'll get a meal. Like, no, what are you doing? How do you not have a constant login bonus? Like that's, that is like your bread and butter with any type of uh, mobile game is a login bonus. Get them coming in every single day to not even have that after a certain amount of days. It's just like, really? Like I understand special bonuses, like plenty of games, Fire Emblem Heroes does it, Dragalia does it, where it's like, oh, here's an anniversary bonus or here's a summer bonus or whatever for like 10 days while you log in. But there's always a dedicated login bonus every day. How do you not have that? So I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of missteps. Multiplayer, of course, not being in there. Do I think it could get better? Yes, absolutely. It depends on the developers of this game. I don't know who they are. If they listen to the fans. I think if you look at all successful gotcha games, all successful mobile games, the most successful ones are the ones that evolve with the fan base. Fire Emblem Heroes changed a lot, even when I was playing it, because they listened to the fans. Dragalia when it launched versus now a year later is a totally different game. They changed so much, including taking things out of the gotcha pool that people didn't want there. Uh, those are the ways to keep people playing your game. These developers need to do that. Or all those millions and millions of downloads are going to trickle to no one logging in anymore. No one spending money. Um, even that gold pass is just a ridiculous slap in the face. I mean, that, that uh, whole thing. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I actually got the gold pass, <clears throat> which sounds shocking, right? I got the gold pass, and here's why I did it. The The event is ending today. I think today's the last New York event, and then tomorrow starts the Tokyo. All those gift boxes you get, if you notice, there's four gifts. Two that are locked, uh, the two that are free, and two that are locked to the gold pass. The gold pass has a two-week trial period cancel anytime so since it's the end of the, the tour i signed up for it for my two free weeks just to get those gifts that i earned and then i'm going to get as many gifts as i can before those two weeks end and then i'm going to cancel okay. so they're not getting any money from me and i'm doing it just to get free stuff that i've earned because <laughs> yeah. like i got like metal mario is one of the characters and he's like an ultra rare and i'm like damn it i want that if i can get that for free at least it would help me out so i did that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I everything that you guys have said, totally agree. Because I, 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 yeah. Um, the things I would say, like on top of that, like I don't know. To me, the the gotcha stuff and and all the the transactions and stuff, like all the paid and and in app purchases and everything, like just confused me. I think it like it hasn't it hasn't made me like feel like frustrated about the game because honestly i've been playing it i've never once have i been tempted to spend money on it at all because i think i have enough game there um to to not even be close to tempted to to spend any money on it um because like there's a couple times i find the the characters that i want i'll just play with what whoever i've got and whatever carts i earn naturally and no big deal and i know i'm not able to get as many um, multipliers and points and everything as i could but who really cares because as long as i can get to the top um one percent or one uh top tier thing i get all i got i need to get in that competitive thing and so there's no point in me spending money and i really don't get the point of the of the subscription thing i'm like it's not worth it at all it's more than a nintendo online membership for like a year for your switch like it's that's crazy um and again like uh, like you said greg the controls are awful like just so so bad and and because they you can't like you have to pick different things and I, I haven't tried the the motion but i've heard they're they're really bad too and so i just do the the drift one but you can't just naturally turn so you have to only drift and so it's like basically being forced to only drift as you go through your mario kart things like the game looks beautiful I'll, I'll say that like i think it looks really good on the on the system i really wish they would have turned it it horizontal because like playing a racing game only vertical is ridiculous <laughs> like i want to yeah. be able to see the whole like track ahead of me but yeah i don't know yeah. there's another I'll thing say, too oh go on hassan uh, i just say the the problem that i have with the the gotcha system is there are ways to do free-to-play games right. And so something like, in my opinion, something like a Fortnite, um, completely free-to-play, great. If you want to spend money, you can on cosmetic things that don't affect the game at all. And to be honest, I've spent a crazy amount of money in Fortnite, and I probably shouldn't have spent as much as I have. But I continue to do so, because they release cool stuff. It doesn't affect the game, it's just fun, right? But in Mario Kart, I'm discouraged from spending money because I feel like it's... I feel cheated or like it just feels wrong almost because the way that they do it is the characters in the game. Uh, it's random which ones you unlock, but some characters on some stages will get more items or special things, you know, like so you have advantages depending on which characters you have. If you spend money in the game, you're going to be able to get, you know, all these characters faster. And I know it's not as big of a deal right now when we are, you're technically only playing on your, by yourself. But you start adding in multiplayer and all that stuff, and then you have an unfair advantage to people that can spend money in the game. Um, and that's where I have an issue with the, the gotcha system. So if it's something that doesn't affect the gameplay, whatever. But this does make a difference. That's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about multiplayer when that plays in. That that does change things. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's the thing with any any gotcha. You're going to have that, you know, Fire Emblem and Dragali are the same thing. Certain adventures are better for certain events. The difference there, at least, I don't think Fire Emblem has multiplayer um, in terms of uh, PvP. Now, Dragali, it's all PvE. So even if you don't have the, the, the best character, you can use a secondary character. So other people will have good characters. And just together, you have enough might to, 
to, to win. So you're not like, oh man, I really need to spend money. Um, and they give you enough free units that, you know what the free units will do. They will, they'll get you through the game. This doesn't. And the other thing I was going to say is there's also a leveling up system. And gotcha games always have leveling up systems where adventurers and, and in this case, the, the drivers, the cars and the, the gliders can level up. But they put the cap on it. There isn't daily cap on how much you can level up in this game. You, you can only level up so much. And then it's like, nope, you can't level up anymore, which, again, discourages playing again. It's like there are times I've hit that cap and I'm like, well, I kind of want to just do the next cup. But I might as well wait till tomorrow when at least I can get something out of it. And you'd never want to discourage your players from playing your game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Clash Royale has a couple caps on like how much you can donate and how much you can earn, I think, from playing as well. And I've hit the, those caps a couple times, and I'm like, what's the point? Like, like, do you not want me to play this game anymore? Okay, I'll put it off, put it off till tomorrow. Um, yeah. I know that was their original complaint with Fire Emblem, but then they had changed it, so... Hmm. Dragalia never had a cap. They like to tell, go go to town if you want. Well, no, there's the stamina cap in uh Yeah, Dragalia. stamina. That's the difference, is you can't play as much. But there's ways to circumvent that, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's just like there's a Fire Emblem. You can... You stand with this, this, to play what I'm saying points. is you could always level. Like, you, like in, in Dragalia, you could take a character from 1 to 80... No problem. In in Mario Kart, you can't you can't yeah. get a driver to, to max level in a day. Yeah, yeah. That was the last thing I wanted to had touch on is I didn't really like not being able to pick my driver. I mean, I've always liked to use Yoshi in Mario Kart, and to have it be up to random chance to see if I get it was not very good to see. So yeah, that's... yeah. Yeah. Can we can we talk about this is a Mario Kart game that doesn't have <laughs> Luigi. And also, you're not guaranteed to have Mario. In fact, you can hey. spend, I think it's like $10 or $15. It's 20 Is it $20? It's $20. To guarantee you to get Mario in Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah. But Just Luigi is on the title screen. I'm sure they're saving him for like a Luigi DLC. Halloween type <laughs> yeah, thing. Probably but it's going to be another $20 right there. Like. Yeah. But Diddy Kong's back. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just got him. Did yeah, you? That, yeah. that, that's one of those things. They actually have some new moves, like some new specials, like yeah. the bubble and Diddy Kong is like the banana cannons and stuff. So they are adding some new things. It'll be interesting to see what what elements will be brought into the next Mario Kart 9. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the Mario Kart GP, um, the arcade games. I don't know if you've if you've played those, um, but yeah. where different characters have different uh, bonuses or different uh, items and stuff that they can they can shoot. It reminds me a lot of that. And I actually expected, um, and maybe it might happen when you do the the multiplayer <laughs> to be able to take your picture and like have it next to your thing because that's what the Mario Kart GP games do. Um, but uh, yeah, those it's, are actually good. Right. Well, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, even the it is cool to see like some of the old uh, tracks come back because um, there's there's a few that that we've not seen remade in in you know modern graphics and everything. That's pretty cool. But the the new track, what did you guys think of the New York track? Like was like I was like eh myself. Pretty. Was like, it was pretty. Yeah, but as for a Mario Kart track, is yeah. <laughs> They could have done so much with that. There's so much in that city they could have drawn from. <laughs> they used Central Park and Times Square, and that's it. Yeah. The one thing that I uh, um, think is interesting about this game that I hope they incorporate in the next Mario Kart is that, like, the, instead of, like, a, you know, 
traditionally a mirror mode, which like sort of mm. like is is a reflection of, of what you do. But in this game, I um, I heard that you can unlock versions of courses where you basically drive it back in reverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the same course, but you're driving back through it. So that would be kind of cool to implement in future, like, you know, console Mario Kart games too. That's true. Some of those things, they have actually add different elements to them in reverse because they're impossible. Like if mm -hmm. there was normally a cliff you, you came down to go backwards, okay. they actually put like ramps and stuff for you to shoot up. So they mm -hmm. there there is some love and care put into this, but there's also very few tracks. I don't know how many. Maybe there's like eight tracks or something. It doesn't really feel like there's a lot. Um, you see the same ones in reverse or you know different versions. I do like the little challenges they do at the end of each cup, where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, drive through the rings or you know hit all the Goombas. Those are cool. Those remind me of the event mode of DS, but they're mm -hmm. short and over really quickly, and like that's it. Yeah, especially the one where you just have to uh, to hit the boost on and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and i don't like like going back to the controls a little bit but it's just so limiting i think the whole time like you can't you can't take the same shortcuts that you normally do um you can't even run off the road half the time um, you can turn off st driver assist i, I guess you can realize. yeah but but still it's it's like the the game is not i think that i, I heard someone else talk about it and I, I totally resonated with it, and I, I apologize if if you're listening later and you're like, "Hey, you didn't reference me." I can't remember who actually said this, um, but but they said it like it's so close to an actual Mario Kart game. It's why I feel gypped um, <laughs> because like the other games, like Mario Run and even like the Fire Emblem and other games are like it's a different experience than than a regular um game like that but because this is so close i expect it to be at the same part and because it's not even close to the same level um that's why i feel upset about it um uh, i think most of all because because yeah. i expect it to be a fantastic game like if they if they fix the controls if they allowed you to actually maybe use an actual controller um with it which would be crazy because now you can use the xbox or a ps4 controller with your iphone um <laughs> which would be you know playing mario kart with a ps4 controller is just mind-blowing but <laughs> um but anyhow if you could do controls i i'd even be okay if they kept it vertical only if they gave me better controls and yeah. and i think you know fix the fix the whole money in that purchase thing i don't know what it needs to look like but fix it it just needs to be fixed um i think if those two things were were i'd be okay with it and i'd actually play it a little more but right now the only reason i play it is because i kind of want to get to the top of the charts and the competitive things but as soon as i reached that i didn't move on i'm far from beating all the courses because all i needed was get competitive and i i want to see how i can do against other people and that's about all i got See, one of the uh, one of the things I want to see is like when Dragalia, and I'm referencing a lot because it's the main gacha game I play. But when that started, you were kind of thrown to the wolves, and they realized afterwards that everybody, every player would have a little bit leg up if they had a guaranteed five star adventure. Just make sure, even if you're free to play, at least it gives you a little bit of an edge. So they did. They said everybody who starts the game now will get a five-star adventurer pack, and everyone who started the game before that will get one in their delivery box. So you get it's, it's still a gotcha. It's not like you can pick the character, but at least it's a guaranteed five-star. Uh, if you play the game for a while, you could get a dupe, but if you're a brand-new player, hey, I'm guaranteed to get an elite unit. They could easily do that. Hey, here's a voucher guaranteed to get one of the elite units, one of like the holographic ones, like just to give you more of an advantage. Um, they give you one free character to start with. That's great. You need you need a character, 
But hey, you know what? This would be really cool to cure, make you feel like, yeah, I got this really hard to get character right off the bat. There we go. Let me let me go. It's more encouragement. It's saying, hey, we actually care about you and want you to have an enjoyable experience because this is a video game. And instead, they're just like, have fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's three gems. You can't do with it. You can't even buy one person with it because <laughs> it's not five. Yeah. Jared's saying in the chat that uh, one of the things that's kind of annoying is that it isn't really online. So getting hit by a CPU posing as a player is a little more infuriating than actually uh, getting hit by an actual player. <laughs> still true. infuriates me. Yeah. That blue shell right at the end oh, still man. infuriates me, <laughs> wherever I, it comes from. Yeah, it's so true. Like I feel like my experience with it is so random. Sometimes I have like a great run and, and I play the exact same way the next time and it goes totally different. And I know at some level that's Mario Kart. But but I feel like, I don't know, something's different about that that experience this time around. So. But, uh, wow. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess we kind of recommend it because it's free, but we're not too big fans of it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's move on. Um, kind of a rapid fire through the rest of these uh, main uh, big uh, news pieces that have come out over the last um, couple weeks and especially the last couple days. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting was that um, three Joy-Con patents have recently popped up from about 2016, I think is when they were filed by Nintendo. Um, one of them is like a wider, uh, so people have like actually like put some drawings together based on the patents and one uh, seems to be like a wider Joy-Con. One looks like uh, I think there was just a um, control pad and no analog sticks. And then one looked more like a Wii remote on both sides as as well so um some people are, are th saying oh maybe we're actually going to see different style joy cons like that um i actually am from the the camp that i think we're just seeing patents because nintendo wants to throw out patents for every idea they have so just in case they do make it um but what are you guys thoughts on, on that and do you actually think these are going to be uh joy cons that we see or do you think it's uh no big deal and we really shouldn't even spend much time on it what do you think cousin um, well, I mean, you know me. I, I would love more Joy-Cons. I mean, blue Joy-Con, purple, orange Joy-Con, Dragon Quest Switch, just for the Joy-Cons. Um, so, I would, of course, love more types of Joy-Cons, but I'm kind of in the same boat, Steve, where I think these these just seem like smaller changes that, like, I, I don't know how much more... Uh, marketable it it may be or not i don't know if if uh this one is one you're referring to or if this is something from that's older but i thought i saw one that also had like a joy con that was kind of like bent a little bit or it was like oh yeah that um, was a different thing i think yeah but okay. uh but yeah i don't think it was in this this set of patents that just showed up but um but yeah i don't know actually we talked about this i can't remember um i feel like we probably did uh, in a previous podcast but yeah i think I think yeah. that one maybe holds a little more, um, you know, potential. Yeah, like if, if it's something that has more more of a design difference that would be worth, you know, kind of a release. Like even things like the ones that have, you know, people have talked about, Nintendo's going to release a D-pad on a Joy-Con one day. I think we're kind of far past that point of like, they just put on the Switch Lite just to have it. But like, you know, I think, I think Nintendo's in the boat of uh, just kind of keeping things consistent at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Barry? I do not think we're going to see these Joy-Cons, and the reason for that is they seem to be moving away from the actual Joy-Con um, like styles. And what I mean by that is like if you look at like the NES controllers, they were Joy-Cons. They were 
And then you look at the Super Nintendo ones, and they're like, oh, they're not Joy-Cons anymore. Um, and it just seems more like they want to differentiate. And if you really want bigger Joy-Cons, I can't recommend those Demon X Machina ones enough. Those things are awesome. Mm -hmm. That That's your, your additional Joy-Cons if you want, like, Turbo and stuff like that. Um, but that that's the thing is I think if they release a Joy-Con that is specialized for a particular game, unless they bundle it with that game, people aren't going to be interested. And if you're talking about, oh, I'm going to be traveling with it, I have to use this Joy-Con with it. Do I really want to take the game and these Joy-Cons, but I prefer the other Joy-Cons for all my other games? It, it just becomes cumbersome. And then what about people who, I play docked, I want to play with the Pro Controller. No, you got to use the dog bone thing now. And it's, it's like, no, I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to. I think these are just, look, we had some ideas tossed around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Greg? Um, yeah, I really don't think they're really doing too much with rechanging the Joy-Cons. I mean, I was just kind of looking at some of the older patents and it, that might have just been original designs that they had in place. But I don't know. I don't really see them making too many changes. I mean, obviously we have like the um, Labo. They can't really just suddenly make the Joy-Con much different or wouldn't work with that. So, I mean, obviously they can just cut a new piece of cardboard, but that'd be kind of hard to send to everybody that's already purchased it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really see... I just see it as just like old designs that they were looking at doing and they just had patents on it just in case and whatnot. I don't really see too much going on with that just whatever so yeah and jakester in the chat also agrees with you he says that, that uh, he doesn't think these patents are a very big deal um jared uh is all about zelda joy cons he's like give me some of those and i'll buy but uh and he doesn't count the battery batteryless ones um so yeah we'll see We'll see what happens, but I, we're doubtful. I think that anything like that's going to happen. Um, but we did get the SNES controllers that uh, that came out, um, and I am still frustrated with Nintendo for kind of just basically shadow dropping these things and not even giving me a chance to order because they didn't really even tell me with enough time, and then they made them limited edition, basically, and like I have no option. I I, I didn't get any. So I'm frustrated by this. Did any of you actually get an SNES controller? Oh gosh, yeah. Hassan's reaching for his right now. How in the world did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody talk about it on Twitter. Because yeah, you're right. That, the annoying thing was they didn't. They announced it at first and they're like coming soon, and you're like when? And thankfully, I happened to check Twitter at the right time, and then there it is. But yeah, that was it. Was really weird. Yeah, yeah. I was I was on Facebook and someone posted in the gaming group I'm in like, hey, they're live, and I'm like, okay, gotta go right to the computer get my two. Um, and and I I saw so many people, not so many, but I saw a few people post like afterwards, like with their box of four, like who else bought these just to sell seventy bucks? Who wants one? I'm like, I hate you <laughs> so yeah. much. Yeah, like I even went, though I have them, I feel bad for people. Yeah, I went to eBay just the other day. I was like, let's okay, I'm gonna check and see how much they are. And yeah, they're like. 60 70 bucks at the least but most of them are going for over 100 now i'm like this is ridiculous like, thanks a lot <laughs> it's nintendo. nintendo it's limited <sighs> aren't, aren't the nes controllers still available like aren't they or am i wrong like are they are they going to bring back more stock of the super nintendo they will yeah, yeah. for the holidays they're, they're strategically waiting for the holidays yeah of course greg did you uh did you get any or are you in the camp with me that totally missed out on it yeah, I'm totally in your camp. I did not see anything about them going live or anything at all. So, 
I didn't know that they could sell out, but made it seem like they would have plenty for everybody. But you, you have to remember this: Nintendo had at one point on the Wii U eShop, Earthbound was sold out. The digital version of Earthbound was sold out. So if Nintendo can sell out of a digital product, they're going to sell out a physical product. <laughs> it, you, you can't expect anything logical when it comes to Nintendo at this point. Yeah. But I didn't even see anything saying like the NES ones were ever sold out. I mean, yeah. I know like I made a big deal to get them pre-ordered like the day like they announced it. <laughs> So I'd have it in time for Christmas, but I didn't see a single news article saying, oh, they're completely gone. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie, go buy them on eBay or anything like that. So my guess is the NES ones probably didn't sell or won't sell as well as the SNES ones. Um, number one, they're more expensive because you had to buy two. And then this time around, you could buy four. So like people just bought them up just to resell them or just to collect them, um, which limiting it to four is kind of that. That was annoying as well. Like I see it limiting, but like limited to two. You only really need two. Anyhow, you can't play any four player games on it. Correct. Um, so just limit it to two per person. And uh, and then maybe if it is limited edition, then you can you can release later and then you can maybe add to it later. But like. Like just like a Black Friday deal, like you know, oh, only so many per person, and then we have it left over. Then you can, you know, add more to your collection. But yeah, it, it was kind of annoying. Um, have you either of you guys uh, actually played with them yet? Have you have you tried them, or are they still in the box? Okay, so mine is still in the box. Oh, yeah. I, I I've been playing Dragon Quest. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. It is cool to to have them. I really do want one, but uh, I'm not going to be playing paying eighty dollars on eBay for them. So hopefully they come back. Um, Jared said that uh, more popped up in the UK today. So um, hopefully very soon they'll they'll be coming to the US. Um, but we will we will see. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, I got a couple other news stories before we wrap up and have another video from uh, a longtime listener and uh, and viewer. But uh, before we get into that, uh, a little sad news: Alpha Dream. Uh, is has filed for bankruptcy and if you're unfamiliar with alpha dream they're the the company behind uh, the Mario and Luigi series um, and really I think that's really the only notable game that they ha have made at least that when I was looking over their list that's the only one that I definitely recognized the other ones um, didn't really stick out to me and possibly in my opinion that might be one of the reasons why they've went bankrupt um, but uh, what do you guys think of, of this news um, and and what it where could it go from there? Again, this is kind of moving into speculation town, but we have no idea. But uh, and we really don't even know what level of bankruptcy they filed. Um, but uh, it is kind of sad news that when anybody has to, to file bankruptcy, especially um, the, the makers of a, of a great game like Mario and Luigi series. Um, let's let's go the other way around this time. And Greg, uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's definitely awful to hear people lose jobs and everything and all that kind of stuff and company shutting down, but I'm sure that the Mario and Luigi um, property is pretty much in good hands. It's just being able to stay with Nintendo, I imagine. So it's not like it's going to go to like Microsoft or something like that. So um, yeah, that's pretty bad. I do remember the very first uh, Mario and Luigi game. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. The original Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance. That was incredible. Um, I don't think it was the right decision to be remastering them on the 3ds and then that might have been where they got into trouble because they might not have been able to sell enough copies of um superstar saga and also uh, bowser's inside story so yeah 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 barry what's your thoughts about this 
And again, we don't know what kind of bankruptcy it is, but provided it's the, the worst kind of bankruptcy, it's, it's definitely sad for those that will lose their jobs. I think the team was very talented. And I, in a way, it almost feels like Nintendo kind of put them out to dry. Um, and, and what I mean by that is they literally, they literally tasked them with doing two remakes in a row. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Grezzo did two Zelda remakes in a row before they did Ever Oasis, and then they went on to Link's Awakening. But they did it for the 3DS. And I think I read something like Bowser's Inside Stories was like the lowest selling Nintendo published 3DS game in the history of the series. Like, it was just abysmal because it came out January of this year. Like, at this point, people have a Switch. The 3DS is dead. It was the last, like, next to last. Kirby's Ultra Epic Yarn was last. Um, and it's just one of those where it's like, they don't care. It's just, here's a remake on a dying system so we can keep the system relevant. And, and the, the, the poor team worked their butts off on that, added new stuff. It's not like Nintendo didn't promote it. I mean, they did E3 and they showed it up at the Treehouse and they showed it up in Directs, but no one bought it. Yeah. I bought it, but other than me, no one bought it. <laughs> and, and collectors, uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's sad because... You did five Mario and Luigi games, which were all great in their own respect, and then you finish it off with two remakes, and then that's it. Like, if those two remakes came to Switch, I think it would have been a whole different tune. Even if they went to 3DS and Switch, I would be fine with that. But without them going to Switch, I think it hurts. And as for the future of Mario and Luigi team, you know what? If they don't buy Alpha Dream or buy up the talent, um, they might shelve it. And we know when Nintendo shelves a franchise, we may not see it again for another 10, 20 years, if that. Um, they might say, all right, let's do Paper Mario. Let's have less competition in the Mario RPG series. Or who knows? But uh, it's just sad to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hassan, any thoughts about this? Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo you know, what everyone said. And, and uh, you know, it sucks if, if you know, people end up losing jobs, all that kind of stuff. If um, worst case scenario for what happens then uh that that certainly sucks um but you know it makes me wonder i always have kind of seen mario and luigi series and paper mario there's some similarities there obviously there there are some some differences too but mario and luigi series has traditionally been as far as i remember on handhelds paper mario on console switch also now being sort of the hybrid i mean I would think there's room for both, but maybe Nintendo also just isn't as concerned with that. And maybe they're, you know, as Barry kind of said, maybe they're like, oh, we have Paper Mario and we're good with that. Um, so maybe, you know, Nintendo just isn't as interested in that that franchise and just wanted to squeeze out what they could with those remakes or something, um, well, which is a shame because um, I actually played, uh, you know, I'm not super big on RPGs, but uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga um, I actually played um, a decent bit of it and, and enjoyed um, what I what I had played of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sucks. yeah. I mean, they did have that one kind of a kind of a crossover, right? What was the one paper that was jam. Like, paper jam? Paper jam, yeah. So, I mean, they could could put that again. I mean, what happens to the the Mario RPG kind of line um, with this sort of thing happening? We haven't really seen anything else from that. Um, Jakester's even wondering, are they going to even do anything with, with any sort of Mario RPG if this kind of goes to the wayside and they let it completely die? 
Um, I think that would be really upsetting. Uh, um, I've not played any of those games, but I know people that have that love them. And some of you guys, like you guys are, are some of those people. And, um, and it'd be really sad to see all that go. So I hope they do at least buy up the talent um, and, and keep that keep that going because there are some very talented developers there. Um, it's just, yeah, upsetting that uh, they had to go this way. And maybe maybe it's just, uh, you know, I forget all the different types of, of bankruptcy, but maybe it's just the one where they get to restart. Restructure? Yeah, restructure. So, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we were to take one, I guess, somewhat positive element out of this is I know, like, the Paper Mario series has kind of went away from RPG elements because they were like, oh, we have Mario and Luigi that does the more traditional RPG stuff with leveling and gear and battle system and whatnot and paper mario has kind of gone into this weird place where it's like these interactive like battles that don't give you any experience and just sort of like wasting your time and so it could lead to a paper mario's return to form Mm. if they're unable to continue that series so as i said that could be considered a lightness and dark news but i don't know (laughs) Yeah. It's n- never worth it when people are losing their livelihoods and everything like that, though. So, for sure, yeah. Well, uh, one one thing that uh, that may be going away. Who knows what happens with all that? One one game that seems to be uh, coming back that a lot of people maybe had forgotten about uh, was Brain Age, but only coming to Japan as of right now. Um, we really don't know a whole lot about it, um, but Brain Age has has a Switch announcement for, but just in Japan. So um, it may be time for me to uh, resurrect my my Japanese um, uh, eShop account and uh, get that fired up uh, in case they do an English version um, if it's all in Japanese then I'm not gonna do very well in brain age Japanese at all um, maybe the number ones but definitely not anything that's based on anything written in Japanese uh, Hassan any thoughts about uh, brain age coming back and and just in Japan uh, it's cool to see that franchise again um, and uh, you know it, it really is kind of 50 50 in my mind if it'll come to the US or not um, uh, I could really see it going either way. I, I hope it does, because um, it'd be cool to see that that franchise again. It, it'd be kind of interesting to see a bunch of those sort of Wii era franchises, DS era franchises come back, like Nintendogs or other things. Like it, it, the Switch is just so popular that like you know Ring Fit Adventure is almost kind of like your Wii Fit type thing in a way. But like you know just sort of bringing those franchises back, uh, uh, I think it would be nice. So definitely, I'm down for more Brain Age. I could. Could use some some more uh, 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 brain power, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, Barry. What do you think about uh, Brain Age? I really enjoyed the first one, and I never played the others. But I think I think it makes sense it, to make bring some of their Blue Ocean games over to the Switch. I think at this point, the Switch's install base is really big, and the hardcore gamers already have it. And to open it up to the more casual Ring Fit Adventure is definitely a, a taste of that and obviously this new brain age uh, a lot of people would even forget that brain age had a release on the 3ds uh, that did make it to our shores and just people just didn't get it mm-hmm. so who knows uh, i think it's good i'm happy to he- see it i mean more more ip resurrection is always good maybe next time it'll be f-zero or star <laughs> tropics yeah, yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with the Switch Mini um, coming out, because it's it's definitely a, kind of a handheld sort of game. Um, Greg, any thoughts about uh, Brain Age? Yeah, I almost kind of wish it would 
come here. I did like Barry. I really enjoyed the first one, so it would be really cool to kind of see it again. I mean, I don't think they could justify having a full price tag on it, but I, I don't know. I would probably still get it if they brought it over here. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, but uh, but all you know, it's definitely one of those that uh, that I may download um, on my on my Japanese account as long as I can actually play it. Uh, that's that's one thing. So if it, I'm gonna have to check that out first. So it definitely won't be a day one download for by any means. Um, and uh, Barry, if, are you gonna be importing it, or is it just the U.S. collection that you got? Um, I'm doing the full U.S. collection, but I'm also doing a full English collection as well. So if it's European, Asian, or Japanese, and it's in English, it's playable in English, then yes. And But only if it doesn't come here. So if it, they're like, hey, we're not going to ever release it in America. It's Japanese only. But you can boot it up. And because the way Switch games work is there are Japanese releases that have English. When you, when you put it in your Switch, it defaults to the standard language that your system is set to. So if your system is set to English, you put the card in, the whole game, boom, in English. Um, even on the menu, everything. So it's great. So if that's the case, then yeah, then I'll, then I'll get it for sure. If it's cool. only Japanese, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Well, that wraps up our news section, news discussion. Uh, but we have one more video before we completely wrap up the podcast. We've got still a lot to talk about what we're looking forward to over the next uh, you know, couple weeks until the next podcast and everything. But uh, I do have one more video to share with you guys. And this is from, like I said, a longtime listener and actually was on the podcast. We mentioned this already uh, before, and he will also mention this as well. Uh, let's hear it from Roth. Hi guys, Roth here, and I want to congratulate you guys on the 10 year anniversary. Uh, so here's a recent photo of me uh, hanging out with Baymax at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, I remember back when the website was still called WeeNintendo.net, <laughs> and I remember the uh, the design, this overall design was like light blue colored with white graphics and logo had these uh, white plus signs. I guess you could call them D-pads. They look like D-pads with a hand holding a Wii remote. And I remember commenting on like pretty much every article that Mickey posted. <laughs> and I don't remember like how I found a website. I guess it was through like a web search. Uh, it just turned up being one of the first results. And I just looked in and found out you know it's a fan made website and i think it was around the time when the name was revealed to be we uh, previously it was just called the uh, revolution that was the code name and i just wanted to keep up with uh nintendo news in general it was it was time to get back into video games for me so and i remember joining the forums and oh geez remember when forums used to be a thing oh man those those were the times uh, oh, and I got to meet you guys at PAX East. Uh, I got to meet uh, Hey Suburbia, a.k.a. Mickey. I haven't seen that guy for a while. I hope he's doing well. Uh, I got to meet uh, Dark Wish, as you all know as Hassan. And I think Steve was there, too. Uh, Steve was known as Hattrick back then. So that, that, was, that was pretty neat. That was, uh, like, our first community meetup. For me, it was uh, my first community meetup ever. So, I mean, that was pretty neat to... Uh, Hang out with uh, like-minded folks, and yeah, I specifically remember that that was at a uh, 2010 PAX East. It was at the Heinz Convention Center in Boston, and I think it was during the uh, E3 had a panel. I think it was about Dead Space or something, 
And I remember rushing to the hotel room and grabbing my Japanese input DSi and uh, having you guys trying out that that object looking game where you have to find these hidden objects because it uses the uh, the built-in gyroscope and it was a pretty neat feature. It's sort of like pre-VR-ish kind of a game, if you can call it a game. But yeah, that was those were good times. Um, it's, it's we Nintendo or Nintendo Fuse now, as it's called now, is a is a lovely community. So yeah, I'm gonna wish you guys a, a good ten years, and uh, maybe we'll see each other again in the next ten years. A lot of things can happen in the next ten years. So I mean, like technology-wise, oh geez, who knows? We'll probably see like Nintendo systems that are VR focused. Uh, who knows? Holographics. Um, I'm down for that. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, but yeah, keep up the great work and stay connected. Wow. So so great to hear from you, Roth. And yeah, I mean, as he as he said at the end, like, what if uh, what if eventually Nintendo gets into the VR and holographic and stuff, and we can just have we could do our podcast through our Nintendo systems, and just like we could be in your living room, just like standing there, and like that that'd be great. Um, but I love how he mentioned uh, getting together at PAX and and also uh, yeah trying out the DSi game on his Japanese uh, <laughs> uh, DSi. That was that was pretty awesome. So thanks so much, Roth. Uh, you like I'm, I believe Roth is one of our oldest uh, listeners. Um, I think he was there from almost the very beginning, if not the very beginning. Uh, I feel like Roth's always been a listener. Um, so. Thanks for thanks for supporting us over the years, uh, Roth, and uh, and thanks for joining in that one podcast. And this makes two, I guess. This makes two of the Nintendo Feast podcasts you've been on. So. <laughs> so, what do you mean you finally get into VR? Did you forget <laughs> they've been in VR before? <laughs> Well, okay. Else, Good right? point. And then, I, hey, oh, speaking of which, look, like I have kind of one behind me too. There's the uh, the Labo VR. So we're like almost mimicking yeah. each other. It's basically the same. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Nintendo Peace podcast using Labo VR. <laughs> yes. Well, there was just, that patent for that new VR headset. Right? That's true. So. You just you can actually tune in and be the, a, pr- a present with us. Oh, man. That's going to be crazy. All right. Well, before we wrap up, uh, we do want to uh, also um, just remind you, if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscription button on either YouTube or your favorite podcast app. If you're listening to this audio, um, we'd love for you guys uh, to subscribe on those and share this with your friends, uh, other people that love Nintendo. And if you are watching on YouTube, whether right now live or after the fact, uh, be sure to hit that bell so you are alerted every time we post a new video, every time we go live um, about all the different things that we post on here. We have industry talks, the interviews we got several of those coming up um several of them have been posted over the last couple of weeks as well um some indie indie developers that we've been talking to um also we got gameplay stuff we got game chats um i think we're we're gonna be uh, filming some new game chats really really soon um so we've got a lot of stuff coming up so make sure you do uh just subscribe and hit that bell um all right before we before we wrap up today, let's talk about what we're excited about over the next couple weeks. And this is the crazy thing because of us switching to Tuesdays now, um, we, Tuesday is actually a release day. So before on Mondays, we had to look forward to like the next day and barely any games come out on Monday. But Tuesday is actually a release day. So several games are actually launched today. So like we probably, I haven't had a chance to even fire up my Switch today. Um, but games like 
uh, ukulele and an impossible lair um, came out today. The Asphalt Nine, the free free to play um, mobile game, came over to to the Switch. Um, Overwatch uh, is coming out on, on October fifteenth. The Witcher Three is coming out on October fifteenth. Ring Fit Adventure, uh, which we talked about over the last couple podcasts, is coming out on the eighteenth. Um, there's several other games, but what are you guys uh, looking forward to? Maybe off that list, or maybe there's other games that I didn't mention uh, that you're looking forward to playing over the next couple weeks, Hassan. Um, I think the only one I can think of uh, is one on the list, which is Ring Fit Adventure. Um, I do have that pre-ordered. Um, looks interesting. I'm always down for when Nintendo wants to try try new things and play around with like the fitness stuff and, and see how that is. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely check out how that is. Uh, Non-software related, but hardware related. The uh, um, They just released a bunch of Joy-Cons and stuff, but the Disney Tsum Tsum uh, Switch which is a Japan exclusive as of now. Um, I think it just came out or is about to come out, so I should be getting that soon as well. Um, so lots of cool stuff on the way. Cool. Cool. Greg, uh, what are you looking forward to over the next couple weeks? Probably more just uh, finishing up Link's Awakening, really. <laughs> um, I, Even though those big heavy hitters are dropping in, I still have um, Link's Awakening and uh, Dragon Quest Eleven and... Um, Let's see, there was even and three houses I still haven't even gotten very far in, so I feel like I'm still pretty stacked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Barry, any, any time over the next couple weeks? <laughs> well, it depends on when I finish Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, and I know, obviously, uh, uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, is coming up at the end of the, yeah, the month, yeah. but I am uh, hoping depending on when I finish that, to go to either Ukulele uh, and the Impossible Dungeon. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It looks great. Um, also, a release, it was last week it came out that, that I... It was one of those, like, hey, I pre-order it, cool, whatever. Um, but it looks interesting. It's called You Know, A Girl Who Chants Love at the Bound of the World. Uh, just I like visual novel-style games, and there's been some great ones on the Switch. Um, so I might give that a try. Again, like some, something a little smaller, you know, coming off of Dragon Quest, it's mm. such a big game. It's like, I like to do a little smaller games in between, so uh, we'll see. But there's just so many games coming out right now, it's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jakester says he's going to be finishing Link's, Link's Awakening this week live. And uh, Basement Dweller says he just got started it on uh, Impossible Lair, and it's fantastic so far. So, uh, yeah, I, I really um, i am looking forward to playing that. I'm not sure if I'm going to get a review copy or if I'll just be purchasing it myself. Um, but it's it's definitely a game that I'll be uh, I'm looking forward to playing over the next couple weeks. Yeah, it just came out today, so um, so we'll see if if uh, if they get back with me or not. Um, and then um, yeah, I'll be I'll be trying out Asphalt Nine because it's free. Um, but I don't know. I'm not like overly excited about it, but it's cool to have it, and I'll, I'll see how it is. Do Dragon Quest Nine or Dragon Quest Eleven demo first? Yeah. Well. We'll see. I mean, Asphalt 9, I, I feel like I could spend like five minutes with it and then move on and play something else and then come back for five minutes. So we'll see. <laughs> um, Overwatch, I, I think I've said this when it first got announced. Um, I played a lot of Overwatch when I think it first came out. Um, I haven't played it in, in a couple years, and so I'm like... I don't know. I, I'm not as excited as I... If this came out earlier, I would have been a lot more excited. This late in the game, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like most people who still play Overwatch are the really, really competitive players, and I'm not going to be able to stand a chance against them. And so why? Although, I don't know. It, do you guys know if this is cross-play um, with other systems or not? 
If it's not, then maybe I'll, I'll stand a chance if it's just against other Switch owners because I'm sure the pro players play on other systems. I don't know. But... Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm definitely I'm going to be checking out Wii Fit Adventure as well, or not Wii Fit Adventure, Wii Fit Adventure. Uh, Ring Fit <laughs> Adventure. Um, it's basically Wii Fit Adventure, uh, Ring Fit Adventure as well. And again, I, I said this last uh, episode as well. Um, let us know in the comments. Let us know in our Discord if you think. Uh, Mickey mentioned it earlier in, in the podcast that like one of the first things that we did on the old site and then and the new sites as well, like every uh, Wii Sports and and Wii Fit and Wii Fit you and and all those different uh, games came out we did kind of this experiment stuff and so i I think it could be kind of cool to do uh, a community experiment around ring fit adventures so if you if you're on board for that and you think it'd be cool um let us know and we'll we'll organize something um maybe this time around instead of just uh, one or two of the staff members doing it we could actually get the whole community involved and and see how much um fun but also maybe how much weight we can lose uh or how much we can get in shape around ring fit adventure so I don't know if, if that's interesting to you, let us know and we'll put something together. Um, but, uh, man, it's been a great podcast guys. Great 10 years of this. This is, that's just, it's crazy. It still blows my mind that we've been doing this for 10 years. Um, but, uh, wow. Thanks for so much for tuning in. Um, some of you guys have been here the entire 10 years. Thanks for Roth. I think, I think you're one of the ones for sure. Uh, they've been here almost the whole 10 years, if not the whole 10 years. Um, Hassan, thanks for getting this started, man. It's it yeah. like, yeah, it's so cool. I like, I know it was there from the beginning, but this is, this was your, your, your whole brainchild. Um, you just kind of birthed this, all this up and everything. And so, so thankful for allowing me to be a part of it and, uh, and then getting these, these guys, uh, Greg and Barry along the, along the way. And, and, uh, it's one of the highlights of my, of my, you know, it, now we're doing it every other week or depending on whatever schedule we were on at the time, it was always the highlight of that week, um, to be able to just, you know, kick back and, and talk video games with you guys for a while. So yeah, thanks so much. Oh, absolutely. It's been, been a pleasure. And, I definitely, you know, we'll keep on popping in here and there when I can, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and like uh, Roth said, who knows what's going to happen in the next ten years? So, um, and you know, I, I hope that maybe maybe we'll still be doing this. We'll be in eventually in you know, uh, uh, wheelchairs and in our you know, <laughs> barely able to even push the buttons on whatever system we're playing and, and everything. But maybe we'll still be doing this in, in fifty years from now. Who knows? But uh, we'll keep going as long as you guys keep showing up and keep listening and, and everything. We'll we'll keep this thing going. So um, to all you guys, thank you for, for talking games with, with us. And uh, next episode is on October 22nd. So two weeks from today, um, new time, because we're doing it at 8.30, 8.30 Eastern time, uh, 5.30 uh, Pacific time. Had to do quick math there. Um, so uh, that's our new day in time. We're doing Tuesdays now and uh, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And we'd love for you guys to tune in in the chat and, uh, and join in all the discussion while we record live. But uh, until next time, thanks so much for tuning in to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.